Welcome to the Quality and Qualifications Ireland podcast. QQI is a state agency that promotes quality and accountability in education and training in Ireland. In this episode, you'd hear John O'Connor, QQI's Head of Qualifications and Skills Policy, in conversation with our host, Paul O'Mahony, about the National Framework of Qualifications. John, what do you do in QQI? I work in the Qualifications Directorate at QQI and a specific area of work where we happen to have a a legal responsibility for is the development and promotion and implementation of Ireland's National Framework of Qualifications, which sets standards for qualifications at all levels in the education and training system in Ireland. And when was the National Framework of Qualifications set up first? Well, statutory legislation was published in 1999 and the National Framework of Qualifications was established formally in 2003. So I suppose you could say there was a lot of development work going on, especially in the 1990s and during the 1990s when there were many different qualifications in existence, particularly vocational education and training qualifications. And there was some concern that it was difficult to compare qualifications or to understand the relationship between different qualifications and what they meant or how you could value them. So there was interest in that time of developing, a, I suppose, a classification system that would make it easier to compare qualifications and to show how they would relate. So a lot of development work was done in the 1990s, from the mid-1990s, onwards, and there was also influenced by developments that were taking place elsewhere, because qualifications frameworks already existed in the UK, also in Australia, in France, in New Zealand, some people say in the rugby playing countries, were the first group of countries that had qualifications frameworks. So Irish policymakers at the time were very much outward looking and influenced by developments that were happening internationally, but also concerned with making the national system of qualifications more transparent, easy to understand, and make it easy to compare qualifications with each other. But why does Ireland as a whole need a national framework for its qualifications? I would say there are a few reasons for that, Paul. I think the first one touches on what I just mentioned there. I think making the system more transparent, because I suppose before we had the national framework of qualifications, it was difficult perhaps to understand what level of learning was involved in a qualification, because usually qualifications were described in terms of where did you get it from, which institution, and how long did it take you? And and that was mostly, I'm doing a three-year qualification at Institution X. So really qualifications were designed around inputs, duration and institution or place of learning. And what was quite innovative, I would say, in terms of the framework, is that it really flipped that understanding of qualifications and said qualifications need to be understood in terms of the knowledge, skill and competence that an individual achieves as a result of completing a programme of learning. And that standard of knowledge, skill and competence is signalled in the form of a qualification. So qualifications frameworks make it much more explicit or clear what it means to have a particular qualification. So instead of saying that, you know, I have a qualification from Athlone Further Education College, my qualification will tell people that this is what I know and this is what I'm able to do as a result of my 
life experience and as a result of my learning. Is that it? I think there's a very strong communication function of qualifications or signalling function of qualifications that it makes it easier to say I have a qualification at level seven in the National Framework of Qualification. That has become a common language in qualifications now. And that currency, let's say, of qualifications makes it easier for individuals who have qualifications and if they're seeking access to further education training or seeking access to employment, that common language and common understanding about what it means to have a particular level of qualification, that makes it easier to make some of those transitions. And that's a really important, I suppose, second function. If qualifications are transparent, it makes it easier for them to be recognised, either for the purpose of further education and training opportunities or for the purpose of employment. So, for example, if I had a qualification at level two, it sounds to me like as if, well, the next step for me is a qualification at level three. Is that the way it helps me? I think that's a really interesting example you've selected there because I think that was, that was again one of the key innovations, I would say, of the National Framework of Qualifications. Qualifications at level one and two are novel. They didn't exist before the framework. But part of the vision and the culture of the qualifications framework was that all learning should be recognised and valued. And there was an amount of useful, valuable learning in community settings, etc., that before the framework wasn't valued because it didn't meet that first threshold of a qualification that we often think is around junior certificate halfway through upper secondary where we start formal qualifications. So I think that was a really powerful signal of the framework that all learning matters. And by recognising that learning, as you say, it does open up pathways for pursuing other qualifications at the same level or at higher levels. And who, John, is the national framework particularly important to? Which groups of people? Is it just important to the government, to the colleges, to the lecturers, to the students? Who's it most important for? I think it has a broad-based constituency. The way I explain the framework is it reflects a national consensus about what all users or stakeholders think are the standards of knowledge, skill and competence associated with qualifications. So you might say that school qualifications, you've mentioned one or two there, the junior certificate and the leaving certificate, they're very well understood. People know those qualifications. They're familiar with those qualifications. And when people holding those qualifications go on perhaps to seek employment or seek further education and training in higher education institutions, those qualifications are well understood. There are an increasing variety of qualifications that perhaps are not so well understood. And the framework gives a credible reference point for those qualifications. It's not suggesting in any way that they are alternative qualifications to school qualifications. They have value in their own right and they're recognised as such. And we find that employers and education and training institutions are saying the framework is really helping us to understand these qualifications that we didn't understand before. It sounds like if I was an employer, I could be planning to recruit some new staff. I could be saying, look, we want at least a level four for this job. And we could even put it in the advert to say that only people who have a level four should apply. 
Well, that is what's happening, and you will see that. I mean, if, if you browse the recruitment pages and in, in websites or newspapers, if they still use newspapers for recruiting for jobs, but you will see that reference. Increasingly, you'll see the visibility of the framework out there in the recruitment industry. And sometimes we engage with employers and large employers. We've worked with the Public Appointment Service, who manages the recruitment process for the public sector, in terms of how they set out qualifications requirements for public sector jobs. Uh, we've worked with bodies like Angarda Shiakana. When they're involved in major recruitment campaigns, they've talked to us and say, this is what we're looking for. So we don't, of course, set the eligibility requirements, but we ask them, what are you looking for in terms of qualifications? And we give them framework, let's say NFQ compliant language to cast their qualifications requirements. And that, and that work is useful in terms of building up our contacts with industry, with employers, and also for us to learn about what obstacles or barriers might still be there in terms of people presenting their qualifications for recruitment and see if we can help to address some of those. So if a college or a place that's providing education at any level you like says that we've got a course that leads to a level three, I'm just picking levels at random, right? Level three. How can somebody trust that the qualification that is offered by the course really does match the national framework? That's a great question, Paul. And I think when people are making the kind of investment that you're talking about there, whether the state's making a public investment or more often when an individual is making their own private investment, a financial or time to go and pursue a program of education training, they really want to know that that qualification counts. They want to know that it's nationally recognized. They want to know that employers will value it. They want to know that other education training institutions at home and abroad will value that qualification. So that issue of trust or quality or confidence is crucial. So qualifications frameworks for me have those two dual elements or functions, transparency and trust. They make the system transparent and easy to understand, but they must make it credible. The reputation of the national framework of qualification, that's what makes it easier to exchange qualifications. So again, like I said earlier about the national framework of qualification being a currency of qualifications, that currency needs to be trusted and not just trusted in Ireland, it needs to be trusted internationally as more and more individuals who may gain their qualification in Ireland go and study or work for periods abroad or people from other jurisdictions come from abroad seeking work or study opportunities in Ireland. We've had the national framework for a good few years now. How well is it working and how on earth do you find out if it's working well? How does QQI find out and how does the public find out that the system is working well? Well, it's interesting uh, you ask that question. I mean, we uh, periodically we have asked people what they think about the national framework of qualifications. Routinely, each year, we have a national awareness survey where we ask people, are you familiar with the national framework of qualifications? Do you understand its main benefits? And that gives us some longitudinal tracking about awareness levels and understanding of the framework. And that's useful enough. But I think what your question is hinting at there is more fundamental contributions or values or impact, real impact or value for citizens in Ireland. And that's a question we've been looking at uh, back in 2009. More recently, we've commissioned an independent piece of work to look at the impact of the national framework of qualifications. And there, we've asked an external organisation to look at 
the contribution or impact or change that the National Framework of Qualification framework has had on a number of areas. For example, transparency that I talked about, quality that I talked about, employability and mobility. And when I talk about mobility, it could be within the Irish system, but it could also be international mobility because we say that the National Framework of Qualifications does these things or can make these differences. I think it's really important to try and gather objective evidence that tells us something about the contribution of the National Framework of Qualifications. We should have the findings of that study quite soon, but I can give you a sneak preview. Folks like the National Framework of Qualifications. They think it is working well. They do see it contributing to those kind of issues like transparency, employability, progression through the national system. Of course, there's more for us to do. And stakeholders are telling us more collaborative engagement, more promotion, more awareness campaigns. And one interesting one that you touched on earlier with employers, more practical tools or guides for users of qualifications. So particularly perhaps for those in industry, employment, recruiting agencies, looking for more guidance and practical toolkits for how they might improve their recruitment and human resource planning processes by using the National Framework of Qualifications. Ireland, I think, has been at the forefront in developing of National Framework of Qualifications. It is one of the leaders in that space. Today, about 150 countries worldwide have or are developing National Frameworks of Qualifications. So it looks like they're useful policy tools for government priorities or reforms of qualifications systems. And I think that connection between the Irish National Framework of Qualifications and qualification systems in other countries is really important because we're a small, open economy. People leave this country and go and work elsewhere, study elsewhere, they come back. People come to this country with experience from elsewhere. And it's a little bit like when I go abroad and I might use my um, bank card in a bank in another jurisdiction. It works well. It's quite frictionless. And that's because there are strong trust systems and understanding systems behind the scenes that I don't need to know about. In some way, qualifications frameworks are like that. They're connected in that way, and they try and support those frictionless, seamless movements of individuals so that they are fairly treated and their qualifications are fairly valued. You're clearly working in an area where your thinking, or QQI is and the whole of European thinking about education and training is bound up with the idea that people are going to get qualifications throughout their life, are going to gradually build up a collection of qualifications. Would I be right in thinking that there is some connection then between the idea of the national framework of qualifications and the idea of lifelong learning? Not just some connection. That would have been the original main purpose of the National Framework of Qualifications in terms of government policy, was that the National Framework of Qualifications would be enabler, even a driver, of a lifelong learning society. And it's not just lifelong in terms of time that we acquire qualifications. It's also life-wide because we get qualifications in lots of different contexts, whether it's in school, in the workplace, in social and community activities. Those kind of concepts, they require lots of different things and many different investments and supports. A qualifications framework is one element that can support national ambitions in lifelong learning. It can't do it on its own, but because it can give value and signal and qualify an individual's knowledge, skill and competence, 
that makes it easier for an individual. So a qualification makes it easier for an individual to participate in lifelong learning. Internationally, Ireland is not performing as well as we should be. In Europe, adults between the ages of 23 and 65, 10.5% of them have participated in some lifelong learning event last year. In Ireland, it's just about 8%. We have room to improve. Qualifications frameworks are part of the solution, but we need a broader mix of instruments to make it easier for people to access and engage in education and training in that life-wide and lifelong sense that you talked about. John, I've never heard that phrase, life-wide learning, alongside lifelong learning. I think it's a terrific way of broadening our thinking about the issue. I think that's always been, I think, for me at least, part of the contribution of the National Framework of Qualifications is that it encourages us and allows us to think differently about qualifications. Where are they gained? Where are they achieved? And when are they achieved? And I think to broaden or open up our thinking around that has been an important, let's say, enlightening function of the National Framework of Qualifications on the way we think about these things. Where can people find the National Framework of Qualifications if they want to find it? And secondly, how can they find out where their existing qualification fits into the framework? Education and training providers across the country are the key promoters of the National Framework of Qualifications. If you visit education and training providers, whether they're colleges, they're work-based providers, they're universities, you will find in their prospectus many references to the National Framework of Qualifications. They will promote the courses that they have using the National Framework of Qualifications. If you want to know more about what it is and some of the history around it and as a policy instrument, you can visit www.nfq.ie. That can be a good starting point to say, well, what is this National Framework of Qualifications? What's it trying to do as a policy instrument? QQI, Quality and Qualifications Ireland, we also have a national database called Qualifax, which is a list of courses countrywide. And on that listing, we'll include the NFQ or framework level of each education and training programme that's maintained on that database. So that's a searchable database, a national database of education and training programmes. And for those education and training programmes, you'll see NFQ references attached to it. So I would say definitely on that database of Qualifax, I would say education and training providers, and I would say www.nfq are, are good starting points if you want to know more about the National Framework of Qualifications. John, the impression you've made on me is that you're doing incredibly valuable work. I want to thank you very much for your time. Thank you very much, Paul. The Quality and Qualifications Ireland podcast is hosted by Paul O'Mahony and produced by Show and Tell Communications on behalf of QQI. Sound recording by Beacon Studios. Sound editing by Mark Cotton. The producers for QQI are Deirdre Miller and Laura Carrigan. You can find out more about QQI and the topics covered in this episode at qqi.ie.